0: How was the summer of 2021 for you? Was it good? Was it crappy? Was it somewhere in between? Well, no matter how it was, that's what we're kicking season four of First Class Counselors off with. Oliver and I are sharing our top tips for recovering and reflecting on the summer so you can have a great off-season and come back to camp next year with the enthusiasm and energy you need to make it the best summer yet.
1: This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and -and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy, knowing that our campers are having the true, life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hello, camp pros. This is Oliver Green, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm the executive director of YMCA Camp Winona in the Leon Springs, Florida
0: and my name is Matt Wilford, and I am the executive producer of podcasting at Go Camp Pro. My pronouns are he, him, and you are listening to First Class Counselors.
1: This series is for the camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare them for the upcoming summer.
0: Because like we have said for the last three seasons, and now all of season four, we'll say the same thing. Great camp directors know that counselors have the most important job at camp and their ability is make or break a camper's week. So if you have great counselors, you have a great camper experience and you have campers wanting to come back year after year. Yeah. So thank
1: you for tuning in here. We're going to cover one specific topic and cover the essentials as fast as we can.
0: It's the need to knows. They can't go without. The fundamentals.
1: The basics.
0: So my friends, welcome to season four of First Class Counselors. We are so excited to continue to be a part of the Go Camp Pro podcast network. And uh, as we get started this season, we're going to see a lot of crossover between our shows and the other ones out there. We've done some crossovers so far. I think we did one with Camp Code, uh, and it was like one of the best shows ever. So I'm sure we'll connect with the Camp Hacker podcast, Camp Code, the Day Camp podcast, maybe even the Camp Owners podcast, and who knows, maybe even fundraising at camp. I don't know what that crossover would look like, but I'm sure we can dream up something fun because Travis, Joe and Heather are awesome. So thanks for tuning into this podcast. If you want to check out other Go Camp Pro podcasts, go to gocamp.pro slash podcast and you'll see all seven of the shows or look us up in your favorite podcast app and you'll find all of the other shows there. Um, they are definitely worth listening to. If you're a counselor listening to this, the other podcasts are what full-time established camp pros listen to year after year after year. Um, and they have a big following. So that is kind of your future in the camp industry. So why not get like a cheat code into the future? It's like the best idea ever, I think. So listen to the other podcasts. Uh, but for now, thanks for tuning into first class counselors, Oliver, what are we talking about today for season four?
1: Well, we're going to talk about summer 2021, You know everything everyone just went through at their camps for this past summer, which was huge. But we're not just going to tell some good stories from summer, but we want to make sure we make this a learning experience. So how do you collect yourself after summer to make sure that you gain the lessons from it, you don't forget what happened, and that you can go into your fall, winter, and then prepping for summer in the spring ready for summer 2022. So many of our camp professionals are taking this time in the fall to catch our breath after everything that happened this past summer, good and bad. And then when we get into winter or early winter, do you start all the things that you need to get done for camp, whether it's budgeting, whether it's starting staff hiring, whether it's just getting that ball rolling again of thinking about camp after a big decompression period. So let's get things started and let's make sure we have everything covered as best we can.
0: So whether your summer was good or bad or downright ugly, it's important to treat September like a TV remote. And this is like back in the day when the TV still had remotes. So I might be like dating myself already. But what I want you to do right now is press pause. You're going to rewind a little bit. You're going to watch it in double speed as you remember it. Then slow it down and keep playing as you make your way towards next summer with us for this episode. It's season four of First Class Counselors. So let's dig in.
1: All right. And we're going to get started right now with the most boring thing in the world you could ever hear about. And that's the (laughs) topic of documenting, right? It's writing everything down as everyone always thinks about in journal or on your laptop, under under the section diary, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But it's making sure that you can remember and have something to come back to. So to talk about that for a little bit, I want to make sure that we hit it down. Because documenting, we do think about that paper and pencil, uh, or for a lot of younger people, maybe a laptop. Uh, but I want to make sure that we're doing it properly. So the first thing I want to say is, yeah, do write it down. Take that time uh, in whatever way that works for you, whether it's speed notes and you're just trying to jot as much down as you can. I usually will section it off by sessions during the summer. So I'd say like session one, session two, session three, session four. Uh, and try to get it covered uh, as best as you can. And even split those sections. Like, okay, uh, for me as an exec now, I have sections on facilities. I have sections on staff training and hiring and paperwork and such. Um, but as like a counselor, I might be starting to think about like what are the things that was really missing in my cabin? Right, where was the spot that I like had a really good time and had like a lot of fun? Like, what was the thunderstorm that we all got stuck in the cabin floor that all my kids had a blast in? What were those favorite memories? Because. I want to highlight those. I want to remember those when I come back to say, okay, cool. Um, We got stuck in a thunderstorm. We had a really great day when we did an internal cabin fashion show, and everyone got to dress up with the random stuff that they had in their suitcases or um, if they had packed for camp. So that's a big one for me. I say write it down, but keep it organized. Keep it in those by session. Keep those in there by subject matter, of what you're talking about for camp, um, whether it is your program that you ran this summer, right? It's making sure you have some type of documentation for it. Um, the second part is send documents on to your director, right? And I kind of just hinted at that a little bit. But you're a counselor, you just went through uh, a summer of being a lifeguard, you just went through the summer of being the archery instructor, you just went through the summer of um, being the activity instructor. Whatever your position was at camp, you have some extensive knowledge on what went really, really well there and what didn't go well. Now, you're not going to write a huge 15-page paragraph or uh, 15-page paper to your director and say, these are all the horrible things that happened to me this summer. and You need to know about your, your director does not need a 15-page paper on that. They need the quick notes about, hey, this is what was missing from an activity, right? These are like, um, we've started running low on archery uh, targets. We don't have... Um, all the paint that we need in arts and crafts. Uh, those are the things that your do- uh, your director is gonna be looking for um, later down the road so they can go, okay, do we have all the program supplies we need? And then they're also gonna be looking for procedures and stuff. So um, what was the best thing getting ready for the summer, especially something for like arts and crafts, that's not a department I'm particularly strong in. So if I have something written down there um, that says, hey, these are the supplies we needed. This is the best way that we did crafts this summer. Um, you know, it really works to have a preset craft for some of our activities, uh, whatever it was, give your advice there, because that's going to help. And if they have that documentation in going into this fall, then when that ball starts rolling for them as a director, uh, they're going to have what they need written down. So right. I think that's really important. I think that's a really cool thing to do. And uh, I have a couple more things, but I'm going to let Matt take over for a second.
0: For sure. I, th- I think writing it down and getting it down is, is the first step, right? You can't reflect on something by just pulling out random anecdotal facts. So having some structure, like sometimes if, if you used your phone to take pictures over the summer, some camps let you do that. That's a great kind of way to go through because um, it gives you that timeline of what week that was with, or maybe you pull up your camper list, ask your director for the camper lists from that week, if that's something they can share and that'll give you some prompts to help remember Um And that'll help you go back, but a tip that I'll give you for going forward when it comes to documentation. So you might not have done this this summer, but um, I did this as a camp director that I think totally works as a camp counselor. And that was called the Better Board. And I talk about this a lot because it's one of the most fundamental practices that changed the way that I set myself up for success in the future was that in my office or as a counselor in your notebook, I would have a big page dedicated to what's called the better board or the better page or whatever. And anytime something happened, whether it was really good, really bad, or really ugly, it would go on the better board. And that meant I was looking forward to making the next summer better. Everything that happened, I contextualized in the spirit of making it better for next year. And I kind of used that to forgive myself a little bit. So If I was a camp counselor and say that um, maybe a camper went missing under my watch because I wasn't doing proper counting or something like that, or, or the camper ran away or something like that, I would write it down in the better board. I would uh, think about it. What would I do better in the future? And I need to, oh, work on my counting with campers. And that just goes in my book for next year. And then I open it up and I have that um, ready to go. And just the simple act of writing it down will give you some of that mental relief from what was probably a really stressful situation. So something like the Better Board, whether it's a notebook, um, you could even start practicing. This could be my eggle for right now is that you could practice the Better Board now with going to school. How does it feel, you know, getting back into school in September. Um, what am I doing with my life right now that I want to maybe do differently next year? And it kind of helps you kind of go, well, you know, it happened. I can't control that it happened, but I can make it better for next time. So something like the Better Board, I would definitely suggest as you document your past summer.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. I would love to have that just at my hand, like in my hands when it comes to getting ready for summer 2022 um, because writing it down is, not always the most fun. Matt did hit on something that I think is really important and talks about like those pictures and things that are taken during the summer, whether it's on your phone, because you were able to have your phone when you walk around, or you know, your camp had a photographer and then they documented everything that summer's going along. And you're just so busy with your kids, you didn't have time to look at it. But go back, find those pictures. That counts as documentation. That counts as something that happened that summer that you want to look back on and enjoy. Um and more than pictures, sometimes video. And that's really where my next hit is here is uh, take the time to maybe if you're not a writer. Turn on a camera and then talk about camp. Talk about certain things that you want to talk about from summer 2022, just speaking to your camera or have like a group of counselors all come together on like a Zoom meeting and record it where you all talk about your different experiences, right? Just have that closing meeting. And if it's recorded, it's something that you can go back and watch kind of like a little mini movie uh, later on and just be like, oh man, like I totally forgot about that. I'm so happy we talked. Uh, and for some people who don't want to write stuff down, it, that's a lot easier, but also we're starting to get, I think into a world where technology is so friendly in this atmosphere uh, to videotape things, to record things uh, through media that I think that's a great way to do it. Uh, another kind of idea that popped into my head when you're we doing our show notes and getting ready is uh, there is a series that many of you might have seen on YouTube with Billy Eilish. Um, Billy Eilish obviously super famous um, musician uh, and artist, but she started doing these like interview videos where every single year at the same point in time, she gets interviewed and she gets asked the same questions. And then she answers them to, you know, as much honesty as she can at that point in time. And she can compare herself now year after year. And if you like go onto YouTube, you can look it up, Billie Eilish interview YouTube video. Um, You can see her, And how she changes year after year based off of all the things that are happening to her in her life. And it's very interesting. But I feel as if that would be a really cool thing to do after every single summer, right? You get to see yourself summer after summer and how your life uh, is getting reflected through it, which I think is really awesome.
0: Oliver, that, yeah, that's awesome. I, the one just quick remembering, just putting my camp director hat on here, when it comes to you writing these stuff down, these things down and recording them, just make sure you're respecting uh, confidentiality. Um, you're not, you shouldn't really be using campers like full names in those kinds of things. Or if you're requesting documents, those need to be um, like shredded or burned or whatever because it is private information that you might be writing down or thinking about. So just, just make sure you're doing that. And also just respecting other people in those. If you had beef with another counselor or you felt like your director was unfair, those kinds of things, um, I would suggest that you don't record those in any sort of way that could make it out onto the internet um, because you know that's just not a very kind thing to do. And not that any first-class counselors listening uh, to this would ever do that, but it's just a good reminder um, that I, I would think the directors who are also listening to this would, would appreciate that reminder.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's super important too. I think as we are learning that everything's gonna end up on the internet, um, we are getting a more positive mindset on like, think about solution based speaking versus just complaining, right? Like, the, these waves of recording are not meant to be events event session. They're meant to be a kind of reflection and what we could do better for next year, not a yeah. this person was horrible or a. Yeah, horrible, horrible vent session that you can't take back. Right. All right. But on that note, sometimes you do need to just decompress. Now, we did start with documenting because it is so important to have right off of the bat. Like if you don't document quick enough, you're not going to get the information that you need. But you also need to make sure post summer that you are decompressing. So my advice right off the bat is try to find a non-camp person to talk to. Find someone who is completely unassociated with the organization that can be a family member, like a mom, a dad, or a brother or sister or somebody who's not affiliated with camp. Um, But understanding too, sometimes they have like that care for you uh, where they're going to put you before everything else in the world. So Mm. although mom, dad work, they're great, but maybe find a friend from high school, a friend from a sports team, a friend from somewhere who's just not affiliated with camp that you can like sit down and have a chat with and just be like, hey, look, I just had this amazing, great summer. I'm so happy um, about it. But also like, can I vent to you? Like, can we go out for lunch together uh, and just talk about what I did this summer? Because there's just so much, right? Um, And that person will hopefully be able to offer you um, the decompression that you're looking for. And on top of that, right, the other thing that I say is, these conversations typically post summer are, are 100% you vent a lot, uh, but make sure you vent both sides. I think that's one of the best things you can do for yourself as a person yeah. when you start to learn about perspective. So you, I say, hey, look, I'm going to vent about the things that I experienced this summer, but I also kind of want to vent for the people who are around me. I want to vent for my co counselor who had to deal with me. I want to vent. For my activities director, who had to handle me like not showing up to time with my campers ever and ruining the schedule, uh, I want to vent for those people too, because I think that when we are at our most stress and like can't handle it, and we're just like, oh, I can't believe this, when you take the time to not just think about your feelings, but you think about everyone's perspective in that situation, you we'll handle the next situation in a way where everyone's feelings and everyone's perspective matters. So take that time where it's not like, oh my God, the world is crashing down. It's like everything has to happen to the minute that camp, right? Or kids aren't going to eat on time or kids aren't going to get to do the activity, but now it's post-summer and you can finally vent and you can like go home and go to bed early and not have to worry about watching your campers. Take that time to just really be like, all right, cool. Like, there were all these other things that I wasn't thinking about when I was in the moment that now I can vent about and talk about. So the next time I have perspective, and I think that's really important. So talk to that non-camp person. You know, try to make sure they're not mom or dad or somebody who's really close, although they were. Um, but find that friend who's just like I don't know. Instead of going to summer camp and joining you, they decided to work at an ice cream shop or something, and they had a great summer. Um, but also, like, have kind of no idea what you do at camp. Uh, also, I think this is funny because this is also coming from me for a specific example where one of my staff did this and they talked to a friend who actually had worked at the ice cream shop and now the ice cream shop staff member or kid wants to come and work for us next summer because they're like, oh my God, like that sounded crazy, but like a lot, a lot of fun and I want to, I want to try it. So, um, <laughs> it's not a recruiting strategy because you're being honest with them and sometimes honesty is, is a tough, tough burden to bear, but, uh, hopefully they'll uh, hear that story and be like, wow. That actually was incredible. You did some crazy cool stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my big one. Talk to a non-camp person.
0: Cool. All right. My one tip for you is to do productive things uh, that you couldn't do while you were at camp. And kind of just take advantage of that celebration of camp coming to a close. Because camp is one of the busiest places in the world that I've ever worked. Um, I often say that camp is the best place in the world to be busy and stressed out because it's it's at camp. And the context is is you know, it's working with kids. How stressful can it really be? And when you take that step back after the summer, you're like, okay, you put it in perspective. It's not not so bad. But the things you can't do while you're at camp are take some time, to learn the ukulele or take some time to play the guitar or any kind of like gentle skill building where you're not trying to like become the best at anything. You're just doing something because you're curious about it. Because at camp, sometimes we build skills and use those skills in like the same day or the same hour that we do it. Cause you kind of just have to, you, you have to, that's how camp works. So take it easy with yourself. Take, watch a couple of YouTube videos on, um, how to do some knitting. If that's what you're into or, you know, some plant identification stuff. I'm not here to tell you what to like, but what I'm here to tell you to do is just take it easy and learn something a little bit because it's too easy to say like oh I'm gonna decompress just by like binge watching Netflix, but really that's not gonna give you any sort of like challenge or any kind of uh, good feeling. It kind of just is an escape from how you felt in the past. So, but do it gentle. Don't don't be tough about it. The next thing is something you can't do at camp is explore new foods you know, when you, if your camp, sometimes you, you unfortunately have like the summer of beige food and that's just the way that your camp is. I'm hoping that camps are moving away from like the beige oven reheated food, but it happens sometimes. So, you know, find a list of like best exotic restaurants in your town or um, best international cuisine where you live and, and explore that a little bit and have some fun. And then obviously Taking some time to rest—that mental and physical rest that you can have in getting a good sleep routine, or um, not pushing yourself and walking twenty thousand steps every day—that can be easily mitigated by a nice midday hammock. Take a couple hours off midday, lay in a hammock, um, and just chill. Read a book that you want to do, and or. That can be part of your skill building time um, if you want to read or play guitar or something like that. So do the things that you can't do while you're at camp, and that will kind of help you celebrate um, the time moving forward.
1: Yeah. And I think we've talked about it a little bit. And because I I definitely still do it today where you have like a post-summer New Year's resolution, right? Like myself as a camp professional. Now, like after New Year's, things kick up for me as a director. So I'm not really able to focus on like personal growth or anything. I'm now instantly into, all right, let's get everything ready for summer. But yeah, post-summer, like when you get into September after a little bit of a decompression period, you say, my New Year's resolution starting now that summer camp is over because I have the fall to so kind of think about it, It's going to be da 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 And that's always been something that's worked for me. Uh, where i actually get to pick up a skill or something like um i think matt and i talked about it last year we had put in like our resolutions at some point maybe for new year's because it was themed around an episode but um like mine was physical fitness and i've lost like 40 pounds it's great um but i was actually able to like stick to it um rather than forgetting about it so yeah matt that's a great point there where you really Really think about those productive things that you can start doing and changing so that you can get yourself back in action. Also going out to eat at a restaurant that has non-page food is amazing. (laughs) Eat a vegetable. They're incredible. You might've forgotten, (laughs) but uh, on a a completely opposite note than that though, I'm an advocate for an off camp adventure. Like I say, summer is over. Go do something that will separate you from what just occur during summer, right? Um this does not need to be a huge like week long trip to Hawaii where you are sipping out of coconuts on a beach. Uh it can be just a simple day where you can go on an adventure that's a lot of fun. But don't hold yourself back um and just kind of continue into the monotony of whatever you're doing. Yes, going to school and all these things, but really take that one day where it's just cool, camp's over. I am now in the world, not the camp bubble any longer. And my big suggestion is if you are about the age of 21 or 18 in Canada, go and get a drink. Just get something to drink and just go, wow, I made it, I did it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, i say like an off camp, i say an off camp venture is great. Um, And the nice thing about that is it does separate you. Cause then you can start thinking back on your summer as not just camp, but that time that you went bungee jumping or that time you went accidentally with friends, or the time you went to go learn surfing. And then also on top of it, when you think back on summer, you don't think about this huge dominant thing that camp took over everything in your life, but you still have this opportunity between going from camp to college, or uh, camp to whatever your next job is, or camp to whatever happens to you after summer camp is over, uh, to you know that little bit of summertime that you have to kind of relax and do some type of an adventure. So I say do some type of off-camp adventure, something that can separate and let you know that you had an amazing summer, or two on top of the camp. Um, and that's a great one for me. Um, but moving down the line a little bit, we're going to talk about uh, problem solving, because now you've decompressed. You've gotten to calm down a little bit. And you're going back into all this documentation that you were keeping. And now you come back and you listen to this episode. and You go, all right, I need the third part of this magical equation that Matt and Oliver have put together. And that is, how do I make sure that I'm problem solving for next year for summer 2022 or whatever summer is coming up when you're listening to this? Um, Matt, do you want to kick us off on this subject?
0: Absolutely. Yes, I like this, that we're talking about this third because you've written things down and you've kind of set them aside and you've given yourself some space between uh between what happened and what you'll do about it and now you're moving into thinking about okay what can i do about this for the future and i guess that's kind of like the second step of the better board um two questions that i almost always ask either groups after doing team building exercises or um that i ask myself when i'm thinking about how something went and how to move forward i ask these two questions first if i could go back in time and tell my past self a secret about what was to come? What would I tell that person? And often that will bring out some of the ideas. So you could say, if you had a really, really hard summer for a specific reason, so, so again, um, if you had campers that, that, that ran and they went missing on your watch, one of the things you tell your past self to is to not get lazy on counting my campers. And, and that will help remind you of that solution going forward. You've solved that problem in that sense. Um, but it could also be a deeper thing or a more, um, like a less, less specific thing. You could say, I would tell myself to go into the summer with more of a growth mindset. Or I would tell myself um, to be more open to other people's ideas because um, that caused some friction in the summer. Anything where you had some sort of conflict, this is a great way of looking forward. Um, and you can kind of get the, either get that down in the better board or just kind of treat that as a mental exercise. The second question I would ask is, what do I want the end of summer 2022 to look like? So you know how you feel now after the summer of 2021, and maybe that is uh, stressed. Maybe that is um, burnt out. Maybe that is joyful. Maybe that is looking forward to the next year. What feelings do you want to have at the end of next summer? And how can you start those uh, start figuring out what you need to do to feel that way now, or what do you need to do at the start of summer 22, 2022 to feel like those ways you want to feel now because sometimes you could just say, I want to feel the opposite of how I feel now, if it was a bad summer, or I want to feel exactly how I feel now. And then go a little bit deeper and think about how that is and why you got there. And that can prompt some good problem solving, um, a good problem solving mindset.
1: Yeah. I think for me, when you start doing this problem solving, you need to make sure that you're going to be in a solution based uh, mindset for how you're going to start completing these tasks. Right. Right am i going to be just venting which we talked a little bit about this um about the situation which is totally fine you need that time to decompress um but am i going to start putting things forward about making sure that there's a solution for this problem next year because there's nothing worse than coming back to summer 22 23 24 25 and it's the same thing over and over again you're just not fixing it i think a lot of uh camp directors feel like they're in this boat all the time because there's only so many things you can handle right so uh One thing is be excited about the things that you know you can fix, right? Especially for myself as a camp director, like I'm, I'm looking forward to summer 22. And right now, in my mindset, is like, all right, what other things that I can't take care of before then? And that's crazy to me because I have essentially nine months to care up for summer. But even I, as the director who has control over all these amazing things, I'm still saying to myself, "What is in my control, right?" So you, as a counselor, too, have to start asking yourself. What is in my control that I can change in the next nine months? And here's the kicker. For a lot of counselors, really the number one thing that you're gonna be looking into is behavior management, right? Like what uh what are the behaviors that I had this summer that I need to change or adapt um going into summer 2022? Uh those things are in your control, right? So, like Matt said, it's not about saying, like, all right, I wanna make sure that the camp director knows that every single cabin needs a bulletin board on the front of it. So that way we have like our daily schedule and everything, right? That's the camp director's thing that they're going to be thinking about. And you can write that down, give that to them so they can think about that as an idea to um, try and solve some communication on camp so everyone's on the same page. But at the same time, you as a counselor need to think, okay, next year when I'm a counselor, and I'm in the same position I am this year. Don't always think about having to go to the next level in camp. Like you can be a counselor multiple years. You could be the activity director multiple years. You can do a gosh darn good job at it. One time, you can definitely do a gosh darn good job at it, if not better, the second time around. So now you're looking into what are the things that I can change? How do I distribute the schedule? When am I distributing the schedule, right? If I'm giving the all-camp day, big theme day schedule on the morning of, is that a problem? Yeah, let's start to think about that. What if my staff got that the week ahead of time? Um, Those are things you can start to change as a leader at camp or as a counselor or whatever it might be, right? And, you know, if you struggled with, you know, handling homesickness, what can you do during these nine months to say, all right, how can I become better at handling homesickness? And just because you don't have kids around and you can't practice, doesn't mean it's not available. When I was in college, I was a first-year student advisor uh, type of person. And first-year students who were scared to be at college for their first year, it was really their first time away from home. I was working with 18, 19 year olds who are having the same problems that I've seen with a seven or eight year old and was able to keep that skill practiced and refreshed going into my next summer as a camp counselor. Right. So think about what's in your control. What are the things you can do to change um, and start asking yourself, like, am I spending money in order to change things at camp for my solutions? Because if you are, then you're not staying in your wheelhouse which is being a counselor. Um, Are you. are you trying to change an entire procedure or program at camp? Yeah, these are things you can work on for the nine months with your camp director and try to find out. But really think about what's in your control. What are you capable of doing? Um, because you know camp. You just went through a summer. You know what it's like when uh, you have to head on out to run a program that maybe you haven't really had to run before. Like you're going out to survival and you're like, I'm not a good fire maker. It's weak seven of camp and we did fire making during staff training and I have not started a fire since then. I've avoided that task and now it's coming to fruition. It's time to start a fire or my kids are not going to have a good time during survival stay. And it's saying like, okay, cool. Now it's time for me to kind of learn how to build that fire. It's time for me to to pick up the skill that maybe I didn't because that's in your control. Right. And that I think is really important for your problem solving and solution based because if you are trying to, you know, switch things for next summer that are um, these huge monumentous tasks, right? You're going to get stuck not getting the skill sets and the things that you truly need for what you're going to be doing. All right. And my next point of advice is make a calendar. We constantly say to ourselves in program constantly for the nine months that we're not at camp. And we say, hey, let's do this. Like, I want to work on this. I want to get this done. But take the time to actually it on a calendar throw it on your google calendar and write down hey don't forget to learn how to build a fire don't forget how to uh cook some outdoor meals right how do i cook over the fire find those times during the year where you can maybe work on some of those skills um put them on a put them on a calendar and then all of a sudden you know there's a night at college where instead of everyone going to the dining hall you try to cook things in um, like over a fire and get yelled at by campus security because you're illegally starting a fire on college campus. And they're like, what is this? Um, But do those types of things, like try to, (laughs) try to schedule yourself to actually do those so that you are held accountable because you're just going to forget about it. And then all of a sudden, your camp director is going to be calling you, reminding you, like, "Oh, this is the hiring procedure. Da, 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 da. Um, Please get these forms in." You're like, "Wait, but I have exams that are coming up, and it's May, and then camp is starting in June, and I don't... Oh, I forgot all these things that I could have done to be a better counselor." Um, so you can start working on those things, and so you get better. Calendar. Put it on a calendar. All right. Um, The next thing is make sure you do leave with camp something more. We we talked about in so many videos, the benefits of camp, but really when you're leaving camp, make sure you're leaving with those benefits, right? And if it's following up with your camp director, you know, a few weeks after uh, or even a couple months after and just being like, Oh, I totally forgot to ask about this. um, Make sure that you are getting the things out of camp that help you in your own life. Like when you leave camp, there's so many things that we can talk about. Matt, what's some of the stuff that you want to make sure you leave camp with uh, when summer's all said and done?
0: Okay, I've got two, but I'll be super quick. I'll, I'll do one. You do one. I'll do one. You do one. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. First thing, uh, I, I have a. You. I want you to get something because Oliver wrote the topic as "leave camp with something more," and I interpreted that as two ways. You, you leave camp with something more for yourself, and leave. Something behind at camp with something for them. So, this is the one you can get for yourself, which I think is the topic you were going for, Oliver, but you know, it's okay. We're flexible here. Uh, The first thing is to uh, get something for yourself. And this is a tip just on asking for a reference or a letter of reference moving forward when you're looking for jobs outside of camp. Um, And this is something that drove me nuts as a director, is when I would get a random phone call on some Wednesday afternoon with someone saying, such and such person uh, applied to be a technical uh, blah, 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 or to be a, a child care or a babysitter or whatever with and they wrote your name down. Uh, Can you give us a reference? And it is one of those kind of conventions in in hiring in the world that something you need to follow is ask ahead first. You need to give the, the person notice that people might be contacting you and you can ask. The best way to do is to give some advance notice and say, hey, um, I'm going to be applying for this job. May I use you as a reference on my resume? It's going to be as simple as that. This is even more important when you are asking for a letter of reference for either, maybe it's a a college or university application, or if they need that as part of another job, it's really important that you give your camp director lots of notice because just because camp is over for you, it is not over for your camp director and they still have, maybe it's fall programming or whenever you do it, they have stuff going on and Um, They will happily do it for you if you give them time. So like two weeks notice is usually a great, uh, for me at least, that gave me enough time that I could look at your evaluations and I could write you a nice reference letter. If you ask me for one in 24 hours, I'm either not going to be able to give it to you and I'll say, I'm sorry, that's not enough time for me, or it's not going to be very good. It'll be pretty generic and it'll probably end up saying, please call me. They seem pretty great, but they didn't give me much notice. <laughs> so make sure you give them that two weeks notice and a helpful reminder um, after a week isn't a bad thing. If, if, if um, you say I need it by this day and maybe we're getting like 48 to 72 hours away from that deadline, it's totally fine uh, to send them a follow up and just say, hey, just a reminder.
1: Yeah, and I, as a professional, really would love, 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 love if somebody did get a reference letter when they were leaving camp. Um, But I would also love, love, love as a director where I didn't have to do a reference check because someone who I'm hiring already has a reference ready for them, right? And it might not match up with my company's reference check, so I might still have to do a reference check or something. But if somebody sends in their resume and sends in their cover letter and then, oh, look, there's also like this cover letter or sorry, there's also this reference letter that's accompanying you with it. Then I know, okay, cool. Not only is this person a good hire, but on top of that, somebody else is telling me, hey, you should really hire this person. And that is mm-hmm. a huge win because to be honest, I'm not going to write a level of decent uh, reference letter for somebody. a who didn't do a decent job during the summer, um, or didn't do decent employment, but also B, I'm not going to write a fantastic letter for somebody who can then just go and use that letter wherever they'd like. If I don't mm-hmm. really think that staff member is good, not only that, but as an employer, I know a good staff member is going to ask for that reference letter. Like somebody who's on top of their stuff and like really knows what they're doing, and it's ending summer and goes, oh, hey, I, I would love to have a reference letter because I know I'm going to apply for other jobs and it'd be really great to have this you are setting yourself apart already from other people who might be applicants. So think about that on yourself. Uh, so when you are leaving camp, get that reference letter math talking about. On top of that, um, I'm also thinking about, you go back to school, right? Now you're back in college um, and there's this wonderful human being who's called an academic advisor or supervisor or career advisor or supervisor, whatever title they have, they're there to help you. Um, pretty much every institution of higher learning has somebody that they assigned to you. Go to that person and say, Hey, look, this is what I did this summer. These are all the things that were involved with it. Is there anything I can get on top of what I've already done? And sometimes they will tell you the horrible answer of, well, it already happened. So there might not be anything we can do about it, but Um, They will definitely be able to find a way for you to turn that into something productive, whether that becomes a um, whether that becomes something that you can work out in your field, whether it is going back to camp the next year and actually having a plan of action to walk away with. They probably can think of some way of making sure that your experience at camp now benefits you in a higher way um like for example like continuing education credits which you use uh the common acronym that's used for them um but sometimes camp can work into those in some way so i advise you to take a look into it to make sure that you can get those covered the other thing that i advise you in is don't lose out on having camp as a contact you can always go back to them for having fall hours right and so we can have Outdoor center groups at camp, and you could be potentially one of the people who's working with them, or there might be a special event that's happening, and you can come and volunteer. Uh, don't just think that camp summer is over, and therefore your time with camp is over, other than happy reunion times. Think about it as a, oh, I am now involved with this organization that does all these other things, especially if your camp is like mine, where I'm a nonprofit. So we are always looking for people to come back and help out. And uh, it really just make us uh, a great place to kind of be as a connection point for everybody, like an excuse to see everyone again um, and do those reunions. But also for you to collect a few volunteer hours that you can put onto your transcripts um, so that you can start to improve. Um, those are my two big things to make sure you do leave a camp with this. There's so many other things, though. So don't miss out on amazing things that camp can offer. You can check out some of our other podcasts for that. Matt, did you have anything else that you were trying to make sure people can leave camp with?
0: Yeah, I want to, this, this is my, uh, something to leave camp with as in like give to camp, um, and I think, Oliver, you touched on it in the very first question, but I wanted to expand on it just a little bit about how to give your thoughts and feedback to the full-time people who work at your camp. Um, because we, as directors, I say we we love getting people's feedback, right? We, you have such a unique perspective as a counselor of what really happens on the ground from a day-to-day perspective, and, and we need it. So um, when you're giving feedback, there's a couple of things I want you to think about to make it the most helpful. And this will just help you in life in general. So first offer feedback before you give it there. You know, we want to set the people that we're giving feedback in the right mentality where they feel like they've had a bit of a choice to get it. So rather than sending your camp director, like a wall of text about all the things that went wrong during the summer, a quick message saying, Hey, I have some thoughts from the summer and I would be, uh, I'd be keen on giving it to you. Would you be interested in that? And most directors, I think a lot of the good directors out there will say, yes, please give it. But then you've kind of set up that relationship um, and showing that you're at least a little sensitive to the fact that you don't want to just bombard them with something. When you give someone feedback, there's three things that you need to think about. One, it needs to be non-judgmental feedback. And basically what that means is, it's what you have actually experienced yourself and you're only sharing that experience. You're not passing judgment or making an assumption about any one or a specific situation. You're just passing on what you saw. And if you do need to maybe like put some points together, you can say, I think that or I felt that or I'm not sure, but it seemed like this. Along with that, make sure it's specific feedback. So you're not saying, um, you know, it kind of felt like they didn't uh, do their job. Like that's not specific at all. It didn't give a time and a place when something happened, what the incident was, how did it make you feel, how did you go forward from it. Um, just giving general things is not helpful because then you can't point to something specific that needs to be changed. And the third thing is that it needs to be your feedback. This isn't based on anyone else. You're not like rallying all of the counseling staff together to write this mean letter about the unit head um, because that's, again, it's not helpful because it's not coming from your perspective. That non-judgmental, specific and personal feedback is important. So I'm going to give you a piece of feedback and then I'm going to give you like two seconds to think about it. And then I'll give you uh, a way that I think you can tweak it. Ready? Here's the bad feedback. Dear camp director, the counseling staff felt like our unit head didn't care and just sat in the office the whole time. So please take three seconds. Think about it. How would you change it? Okay, here's an idea of how you could change that. Because if you felt like that, there might be something there, but that's not going to be a helpful piece of feedback to give to a director. So this is how I might tweak that feedback. Dear camp director, I noticed that four or five times throughout the summer, the unit head didn't get back to me when I needed them to help with campers that weren't getting along in my cabin. To me, it felt like they should have been more present in the day-to-day so they could have seen the problem for themselves and responded quicker. So all of those things, I took a very general judgmental piece of feedback and framed it from my perspective. I was specific about it. I gave a potential solution of how I felt. And I said, I feel, or I think, right. I wasn't so sure to say that I knew all the answers, but I gave a bit of a suggestion. So anytime you give feedback, this is definitely something you can practice this year. If you're giving feedback to teachers or to, um, to your parents or your coaches or your caregivers or anyone like that, um, practice that nonjudgmental specific and personal feedback.
1: Yeah. I It's so important to you to have evidence. Like I I have, always thought about it as being important, but you make a great point of saying, don't just say this is what I think was going on or whatever, but actually have that specific, like they weren't here at this event where they were supposed to be there, right? Or um, this was something that we were told that was supposed to be handled at the beginning of the summer and it definitely did not happen in the way that it was intended, right? Uh, those are helpful things of feedback because there is a structure to camp. There's a way that it's built and designed in order to work. Um, and uh, feelings are, I think, really, really important. I think that you should be dictating them because feelings dictate where problems are. It's kind of like when there's a hole in a flotation device, right, and you need to find where, the, where it's leaking. Feelings are that, like, that air that's coming out. You can hear that there's a hole and you just need to find it. Um, but the specific problem is the hole, right? Um, Right. So at the end of the day, you are looking to find that hole, cover it up and make sure that it doesn't leak anymore. And I think that it is so, so, so important that you provide evidence, which are those feelings to find that hole. So it's like, I hear air coming from this part of the flotation device. We should probably look there. Um, And then, you're look. you're listening for that air to pull them out. So that I think is really important have that evidence as a director. I will hundred percent say there is nothing I can do if you don't have evidence. Like mm. if you come to me with feelings, like, yes, I can be supportive. I can be caring. I can definitely hear you out, but unless you can tell me something specific that's happened, it makes me, my hands are almost always tied. Um, and I want to be there to help you. I want to make you feel better. And I can do that a lot better if you can articulate yourself in a way of evidence, um, it's saying, yeah.
0: I, I, I will, I agree. I totally agree with you that evidence is important. I also, I want to kind of build on the fact that if you just have a feeling and you need to get that across, I would say, don't hold that back from your director, but Oliver's right in understanding that you need, um, that, that think about what happens to your feedback, right? Think about that, um, if I say to Oliver, if, I, if I'm a camp counselor, Oliver's my director, and I say, Oliver, uh, this person was never around. They were just in their office all the time, right? That means that Oliver has to pass that feedback on to the unit head, and he has nothing to go off of. So not it's not that Oliver can't do anything, but it's the unit head that really can't do anything because they're not given any specific... Um, points of how to get better. And as a camp director, then Oliver can't hold that person really accountable because they don't know the uh, that Oliver doesn't know the full story. So I don't want you to think that just because you have a feeling and you don't necessarily have any evidence, but when you give that feedback, call that out and say like, I'm really having trouble putting um, you know, putting my finger on the exact moments that had happened, but I knew, I know that it was more than once. And I know that it made me feel like this. I think that's a good, honest way to approach that feedback. I'm sorry to, to interrupt you, Oliver. I just, I, I feel really strongly about that.
1: No, it's a great point. And like, for me as a director, the evidence comes from something where, and if we're staying in this situation of the unit, uh, leader it's you know, that counselor comes up and they say, yeah, I don't feel like they've been a- I don't think they've been present at activities, right? That's where I needed them the most. And that's because they have the key to get into archery, right? Archery is locked. And without the unit leader, we can't get in because they have the key and they're not present. They don't, they're not showing up first thing in the morning to be there to open the the archery gates, right? Uh, And that's important because that's evidence. Because then I know that my employee is not showing up to work on time and not handling a responsibility that's unlocking the archery shed for you. Uh, and that is the evidence that I need to go to that person and be like, "Hey, look, I have this account of someone not showing up, and then I also talked to a few other people, and it looks like you're not being present in the morning, right? Uh, where are you at? What are you doing? And then we can start to problem solve and have a solution-based um, answer for what we're gonna how we're gonna fix this problem. So uh, I think
0: <clears throat>
1: that's that's where it really comes from. Is you need that evidence, you need those things that are happening that can guarantee that something can be fixed. Right. Uh, and I think that's really important. Um, but with that being said, I think it's really important. We covered everything from today from top to bottom, or at least we hope we did of uh, making sure that you know to document your summer, making sure you take the moment to decompress yeah. when it's all done, making sure that you walk away with campus something a little bit more. And then, you know, coming into this as a great problem solver at the end of the day. So, with that being said, once we've covered today's topic, we cover the end of our topic, which is, or the end of our show, which is our Eggle time. So it's ever growing and ever learning. And today, Matt and I have a couple things that you can do as a counselor to improve your skills. Um, Matt, do you want to hit us with what your Eggle is, your first Eggle of the season?
0: Yeah, for sure. This year at school, I am doing a lot of nature education with my uh, kindergarten to grade eight students. And one of my favorite things to do is just starting uh, our day in the gardens at our school and doing what, what I call a wonder walk. And a wonder walk is using your senses and letting them, uh, help you wonder about things. So maybe you wonder why like this hosta plant has holes in it from caterpillars and this one doesn't, what, what makes them different. And I would only know that because I can see it. Or why does this tree feel different than this tree? Or why does this, um, smell only happen in this area? Or how do these flowers smell different? Or what is this thing? You might not know what that thing is. So, if you want to know what things are, there are some amazing apps out there that can help, and I'll link those in our show notes. The Seek app, uh, the Picture This, uh, Picture This, Plant Net. And picture mushroom app. Those are, I, I literally have all, all six of the apps I'm going to mention just like on my homepage because I love walking around with my phone and IDing stuff. I think it's really interesting. A lot of those apps, that tell you what's edible too. The the mushroom app is like, definitely don't eat this. You could eat this, but it tastes not really great. And like, definitely eat these. They're, these are amazing. And I think that's super helpful. Um, and then I also have the Google Lens app, which if you have an iPhone, you can just go into the Google app. But if you have a, an Android, it's it's automatically on there. Just search Lens, and you can point it at something, and it'll tell you generally what it is. Usually, I use two or three different apps because that um, because I'm a big dork and I actually want to know what it is. Um, and the last one that is super cool is if you're into birds, the Merlin app um, is one of my favorite apps because you can um, if you hear a bird calling or even a woodpecker pecking you can hold your phone up and record the sound and the app will tell you what bird it is. And I think that is super cool. So even if you can't see the bird, it does have a good bird ID function, but even if you can't see it, you can only hear it. It'll tell you what it is. Um, and I just think that's really neat because you can get to know the natural world around you. And that is definitely something you can pass on to campers when you get back to camp next summer.
1: Oh, man, yeah, those apps are great. Um... Especially, I mean, even for me, I'm thinking right now at camp, like I'm down in Florida now. I haven't started to be able to like identify a lot of the birds we have down here um, oh. or some of the new plant life and wildlife that I'm encountering. So I might have some new uh, apps on my phone pretty soon. Matt, thank you very much for now getting even more distracted from my responsibilities. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So my mind is... I'm happy to say that I am not the musically gifted one on our podcast. That is a hundred percent Matt. Um, he can do things with a guitar, he has it. actually a good singing voice. These are things that Matt can do that I can't. But I am not someone to disrespect the importance of music at camp. And I think it's really important that you do take the time, whether you are a musically talented person or not, to learn some quiet songs. Um, there are some of the more powerful things I think that happen at camp. So for some people, um, they can, like Matt, whip out a guitar and sing a beautiful song and a rendition of something that will lull you into a, a moment of comfort. Um, <clears throat> however, I do not have that same talent. So I've had to rely on some of the songs or some of the actions and things that you can do um, to kind of calm everybody down at the end of the day. And the reason why I bring this one up right now is because it's for me a way that I decompress. So like when I come home at the end of the day, or um, if I'm maybe having a stressful situation, I have quiet songs that are just in the back of my head that I notice. I start to sing to calm myself down. So in like stressful situations, and um, like uh, and I'm gonna kind of go through a couple of them with you that I know really really well. But just for time, I'll just get the basics down, and then that way you can do it. Um, you can learn a little bit. Um, so one that I sang a lot this summer that my camp really enjoyed was the polar bear song. There are some camps that do this in a very loud version, uh, the polar bear song being um, very simple. It's a song, and then as you finish the song, each time you go back through, it becomes a hum instead. I may have sang this before. I don't know. But we want to do a song episode, so I'll probably sing it then, too. But yeah. Um, the song simply goes like this. 40 years on an iceberg, sailing the ocean, wide. Nothing to wear but pajamas, nothing to do but slime. Wind was cold and icy, the frost began to bite. I had to hug my polar bear to keep me warm at night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say the ocean, why? Nothing to wear but pajamas, nothing to do but slime. You go through the whole song again. Every single time you sing through, you just hum one more line until eventually you're humming the entire song. So my staff down here had never really done um, quiet songs before. And I sang that at like our first campfire, to get everyone quiet down. And then all of a sudden, um, my staff were asking me to sing it at every single um, campfire um, to get everyone calm for the night. So that's a great one. Um, there are also a lot of others. Um, I like, um, go back to the mountain and turn the world around. We come from the mountain, we come from the mountain. Go back to the mountain and turn the world around. Um, so that I, it's called the mountain song, but or at least that's what I've always called it. But um, there, you have the mountain, the river, the fire, really whatever you want. I've heard so many different renditions of it at this point, but it is a great song. Um, and it's one of the ones that I definitely find myself singing as I walk around the house. Uh, and then finally, those are kind of like song songs um, like camp song, quiet songs. So they're easy repeats. Um, you can come back to them, uh, and they're simple. You don't really need to be in key to sing them, which is why they're such benefits to me, or you don't have to hit a tune. Um, but I do have some others that I've really enjoyed over the years. Um, you may have heard, uh, Land of the Silver Birch is another great one. River is another favorite of mine. And then another thing that I really love is sometimes, uh, camps will take You know, really, really popular songs uh, and just switch the lyrics over to something that is a little bit more associated with their camp. I know um, there was a song called Seven Years that was really popular. And um, I remember a camp that I worked at, we took that song, we switched it over. So it was once I was seven years old and my parents told me, we're sending you to camp where you'll be happy. As you can see, I can't keep a tune to save my life. But I have these song lyrics on my like Google Drive, which I'm looking at right now so I don't forget the lyrics, because that's another issue I have with musical uh, skills. because I can't remember the lyrics to any single song. Um, but you can arm yourselves with these, and they're not just songs that you can sing to, to compress, but they're songs that you can learn now that you can put your cabin to sleep at night when you get back to summer camp, all the way in the future. But um, it's also just great to have them in your arsenal. So if you do want those, you can email me directly, um, and I can hand those out to you. Speaking about getting a hold of us, Matt, if we want to get a hold of you to maybe figure out what these apps are or if you've learned any new ones, how can we get a hold of you?
0: Yes, for sure. I am always happy to talk nature, talk camp, or anything and everything in between. You can email me at matt at gocamp.pro or find me at iscus on Instagram, I-S-C-U-S. How about you, Oliver? Wonderful.
1: Yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, it's oliver.gregan.scd at gmail.com. So you can get a hold of me that way. Uh, You can also reach out to me um, through Facebook, uh, which is just my name. So you can find me there. Um, If you did enjoy today's show, we would be so grateful if you would leave us a review wherever you're listening to the podcast Your ratings and reviews not only tell us we like and don't like about the show, but it helps boost our rankings and help more people discover the show. So there are other great counselors in the world, just like you.
0: That's right. Uh, Don't forget to check out the show notes to find all the apps and anything we chatted about today in the show. And then a reminder to go to gocamp.pro slash podcast and you'll find uh, all the other great things that we're doing on the GoCamp Pro Podcast Network.
1: Yeah, we're starting to become like the Marvel Cinematic Universe with podcasts. (laughs) That's right. uh, So look forward. We're all going to be superheroes soon. Uh, But with that being said, thanks for listening, friends. Remember, camp is camp and camp's all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, Summer Camp Leadership Training and Marketing Consultants. Thanks for listening, friends.
0: Hey, Camp Pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.